Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Tonight's topic, you don't know tonight's topic yet. No. We're going to be talking about through the levels because um, there's a lot of questions um, from students about like what's required at each level, how do you move up the levels. So we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. A couple of announcements first. If you join Strides, welcome. We're very excited to have you. It's going to be an exciting year. We already have two guest speakers coming up. So next Tuesday night, there's a guest speaker talking about nervous system co-regulation. She has some cool techniques to help you out when you get nervous. You're looking skeptical. No, I'm not. I'm just who is it? Um... Her name is Dr. Beth. And she has some cool stuff. So I'm looking forward to her. For your for your strategies for your mental stuff. Uh and like physically, when oh, you get okay. like when you feel like you're afraid when you Which get to actually physically do in the real world to help yes. you over it. Yes, like breathing, but then some also other cool techniques that I hadn't heard of before. Then in February, um Janet Jones, the author of Horse Brain, Human Brain. I'm very excited. She's going to be doing a talk for our Stride students. And I love that book. I think it's a really great book. And I think it's really important for us to understand that horses' brains function differently than ours. And it's important that we keep that in mind when we are training them. So I always say that you have to go into the horse's world because they're never going to come into our world. And you have to see it the way they see it. Because yes. otherwise you do what you do, but you're an apex predator and, uh, and they're food. So yes. they see the world differently. Yes. And we are the ones with the prefrontal cortex for reasoning and problem solving. So it's important that we use that and don't just resort to um, anger and that frustration. Expect them, expect them to do more than they can do. Yes. So... Anyways, if you're in track, it it's direct line cause and effect with horses. Yes. There's no, they know what I'm doing. You've got about eight seconds to make your correction and then they can associate it. It's pretty cut and dry, pretty straightforward. Yeah. But that's what's wonderful about working with horses is that they're honest and they don't humble lie, and genuine. Yes. They don't lie, cheat, <laughs> so, or steal. So sometimes I, I would rather be around horses than people, but. That's just me. I'm not going to wear I hate my people t-shirt. No, don't do that. <laughs> okay. She hates Other, that shirt, by the way. He has a few um, t-shirts that are not allowed. They're not public. No, not, not when I'm Not around. when we're together. Yes. Shirts. Um, January 28th, that's a Sunday. Mark your calendars. I'm doing a free webinar on teaching the PIAF in hand. So I'm really excited about that. In the Facebook group, there were a lot of questions from people about like, I posted a photo of leg lifting 
If you don't know what leg lifting is, it's basically where you teach your horse to lift and hold their leg underneath of them when you touch them with a bamboo stick is usually what we use. It's basically the precursor to teaching your horse to pee off. So I'm not going to answer all those questions yet. I hope you all come to the webinar for that Sunday the 28th, which is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to break down how to train the PF in hand. You've been working your horse in yes. hand. How's that going? Um, surprisingly well, considering that she's her. And remember when I first got her, I couldn't touch her with a stick. Um, hell, I couldn't even reach back and pet her on the croup. She double barreled. Um, and so she is really pretty good. Um, I've been at it, what, like, I think I'm on my third week now, the end of my second week. Anyway, she was really good about, it. I could stop, touch the stick, lift the leg, get the other leg back forth, back forth. And right now we're sort of going between, um, stopping both hind feet or doing one, one, right? We had one trot step and now she's like one, one and stop. So it's, it's starting to make some sense to her. Yeah. Yeah. The PF is tricky to teach horses because it really is kind of go and stop at the same time. So it it's really important that you break it down and teach them step by step by step how to do it and that you don't just start forcing them, like, you know, putting a lot of pressure behind and holding them in front. But I'm not going to give away all my PF secrets. You'll have to come to the webinar on the 28th, which is only like two weeks away. What other important announcements? I think, oh, yes. If you're in strides, first office hours is tomorrow, Friday with Nicole. What are office hours? There's a lot of questions. Perhaps you can explain. What are office hours? Uh, office hours are people send in their uh, three-minute video, and uh, one of the staff at Amelia Newcomb Dressage will go over those videos. Generally, <laughs> the FEI trainers. That sounds a little bit better than staff. Well, I'm staff. That's a... No, you're an FEI trainer. <laughs> Uh, and so there's generally a group of somewhere between 10 and 20, yeah. um, for session and, uh, everybody watches and we talk about that particular rider for, you know, five minutes and then move on to the other one. Yeah. But it's a really fun way, not only for us to give you the one-on-one -on -one feedback, but also it's kind of like a clinic. You get to watch the other students and listen to what they're working on and get feedback from them because we all have more or less the same issues. I mean, every horse is a little different. Every rider is a little different, but you definitely learn a lot by watching other riders and hearing their lessons. So if you're in strides, we hope you'll send us a video and take advantage of office hours. Now to the main topic of tonight, which is through the level. So let me know in the chat if you are showing or like i guess what level you would say you're riding so like intro level training level first level third level free saint george i skipped a few levels in there we're going to talk a little bit about each level and kind of what's expected at each level so i should have the test sheets next to me that way i could really sound like i know what i'm doing well we could pull them up here so you start, we'll start, are we starting with intro or? Um, no. Okay. Okay. Someone's writing intro. We have to talk about intro okay. level. You go. What's intro level? It's uh, it's a way to get into the show arena with very little stress. 
you know, the first two are just walk trot. The third one has some canter, but it's just designed to be very simple and easy so that you, uh, you can get some confidence and not have to worry so much about, you know, the judge and, oh my God, it's just, it's just a simple way to get through the test and without a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And so here's the purpose to introduce the rider and or horse to the sport of dressage, confirming that they are beginning to develop an understanding of correct basics. Horse should be ridden freely forward in a steady tempo and clear rhythm, accepting contact with the bit. So an understanding of test accuracy and geometry should be demonstrated. And the types of movements that are in the intro tests are like very simple like 20 meter circles. I think you're allowed to halt through the walk or maybe- or um, Actually you halt at the end. I think you just trot through the beginning one. I yeah. There's only a halt at the end and yes, you can walk into it. Yeah. So- but but it's it, Very user-friendly, I think is the term. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's intro level. Then after intro level is training level. And all the training level tests have walk, trot, canter. They have medium walk and free walk. What's the difference between those two? Contact. Meaning? The free walk's on a long rein. And you want your horse's head to go down? 45 degree angle, the horse should take the bit all the way down to the ground. And medium walk? It's in a level balance and you have a contact. Yes. And in free walk, you really want your horse over tracking. So that means where the hind feet go past the, the front. Feet. Yeah. Also at training level, you have 20 meter circles in trot and in canter. So ride your circles accurately. Accurately, because there isn't really a whole lot else going on for the judge to, to see. And I don't worry too much. You know, the horse has the gait that it has, you know. And if I start telling my riders, okay, more of this, and then it's just anxiety creating. I try and make it as simple as possible. Yes. The other things that you have at training level are a stretch circle. So a stretchy trot circle. That's in training level test two and three. There is canter transitions. I feel like the canter and the canter transition is usually like the most exciting Excited. part of training. Level. It's what stresses the people out the most. <laughs> and, and the so horses. Because they're anxious, right? That's the moment. And you see a lot of people who attack that canter transition, right? They, they yeah. go at it really strongly. They're going to make this canter. And, and then, then the horse gets a little freaked out. Right. And then it gets a little explosive because... They're a little, there's adrenaline happening. They're a little not sure of the canter. So they come at it a little strong and the horse goes, oh boy. And yeah, yeah things happen in the canter. Yeah. Uh, so the purpose of training level, I'll read it to you. And if you're not sure about your tests, I definitely recommend go to USDF, look at the tests, print them they out. They have them, but they have people prank. Don't they have videos of them? Don't yeah. Do have videos of them? Yeah, there's also videos in um, in like on my YouTube channel. There's drone view videos of most all of the tests, not all of them, but most of but them. But enough to get an idea, right? So you can go to YouTube, but you could also go to USCF and print out like a paper copy of the test. Well, yeah, 
And so that's what I'm reading off of here on my computer. The paper copy on the top left-hand corner, it will tell you the purpose of the level. So the purpose of training level is to confirm that the horse demonstrates correct basics by showing suppleness, both laterally and longitudinally, moving freely forward in a clear rhythm with a steady tempo, and readily accepting contact with the bit, correct geometry, and lines of travel should be shown. So you might read that and think that sounds really hard. <laughs> like, cause I read that and I'm like, wow, I have to have suppleness laterally and longitudinally. I don't know, do I have that? So it's important to remember when you're thinking about showing that number one is all of the levels say the importance of the correct basics. So that's always like most important when you're getting ready to show is that your horse has good basics. What are the basics? It's a really good question. I think of the training scale as the basics. Rhythm, suppleness, connection. Okay. Do you disagree? Not at all. Okay. And it's also important to remember that you're never gonna feel 100% ready for a show. Like, oh yeah, and if you wait for your to be 100% ready, you'll never show. If right. you wait for it to be perfect, you'll never go. But there's a balance. Like you want to be prepared. You don't want to like wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, I'm going to show Grand Prix because Amelia said that you're never going to feel ready. So don't do that. But also part of how you get better is by going out there and like trying. And that's what you learn from. Like I feel like every time I go to a show, I learn so much because I realize what I where my holes are, what I need to practice. Right, because it's different that you, when you can't go back and redo it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't like that, so I'm going to go make a circle and come again. Yes. When you have to do it right here, right now, it adds a different, and then you go, oh, my horse isn't as whatever I needed it to be. Yes. Competing is an art, <laughs> and it's something that takes practice, because when you're just riding at home, you're like, oh, I need another circle, and then I'll pick up the canner. But when you're in the test, it's like right here, right now. So it's good to practice both ways. It's good to practice at home, like, you know, because giving you your need horse both. the time. You need both. You can't always say it's going to happen at A because then it creates, but you have to be so familiar with your horse and the ease of that movement that you say, okay, three horse, uh, three horses before that letter, I'm going to ask so that it happens at the letter. Yeah. So here's a good question from Millie. Do you train a few levels higher at home? Rule of thumb is you train a level higher at home than you show. That's just the rule of thumb. Yes. Yes. So, and we're planning for this summer, we're going to try to do a virtual show for our community, which I think will be a lot of fun. And we're definitely, I know a lot of people are asking for more support with like showing. So we're going to be, giving you some more support. I think it's important to remember if you're watching this and you're like, well, I don't show, I'm not interested in showing. It's still a good idea to practice some of the test movements and to be aware that the way the tests are designed are to guide you to correctly train your horse. And right. So, I mean, if you want to just improve your riding, you know, moving along the way the tests are written, you yeah. know, go practice the first level. When you get really competent, you start adding the movements of second level. Not that you have to go show, but that's the progression of a horse. Yeah. 
Because the truth of the matter is not everyone wants to show. And that's absolutely fine. You do not have to show. You can be a really good rider and have goals for yourself and put the time and the effort in and never go down the show ring. And honestly, I commend those people because sometimes they are like the best riders that are really in it for the right reason. So you absolutely don't have to show, but looking at the tests and learning the patterns in the tests, they help to give you purpose and direction for your ride, which in which turn, your horse appreciates a lot. Yeah. Because that gives meaning and clarity to what you're doing. And that's something a horse can understand. Yeah. So you're not just wandering around out there. Yeah. It has purpose and direction. Yes. Okay. So first level, um, the big difference between training level and first level is the idea of thrust. So what is thrust? That's that impulsion that the horse is actually going. It's that magic forward that we talk about. The thrusting of the hind legs. And so, in right, you don't want the thrusting of the front legs. That would go <laughs> in the wrong direction. Yes, true. Hind legs. Oh, very good. Okay. So, what thrust allows you to do is it allows you to start developing adjustability in your gait. So, in first level, you have lengthening trot and you also have lengthening canter. So, it's about starting to a, a, get the accordion. adjustability. Your horse yes. has to be like an accordion. You can stretch it over the top, close it up. Yes. That's that, the uh, longitudinal and lateral supplements. Well, that's mostly longitudinal. Lateral supplements is on the second level. That helps. Yes. But the leg yields at first level start that process. Yes. So that's the other big thing that's introduced at first level is leg yields and smaller circles so in first level you do 10 meter circles at trot as opposed to training level 20 meter circles and in general the smaller circle size is a test of your horse's balance and suppleness because they tend to slow down or fall, fall out off the line yeah or so bring their them, head up to keep them on the line in the same tempo is a is a trick yes so here is the purpose of first level to confirm that the horse demonstrates correct basics. That's the purpose of, of every everything. single level. That's it's all there. about the basics. The basics are so important and it's so important that whether you're showing or not, the basics are really what allow you to ride your horse and to communicate with your horse. Rhythm, suppleness, connection. Okay, so correct basics in addition to the requirements of training level, has developed improved balance, lateral suppleness, and throughness, as well as the thrust to perform lengthenings of stride. And at first level, the horse should be on the bit. So what's the difference between on the bit versus just accepting the contact? There's a, a softness in the neck and in the mouth where the other one, he's just holding it and it can be stiff. Um, Shouldn't there also be more of a like flexion at the pole? Right. That's what I meant about the, the supplements. But yeah, flexion works just as well, right behind the throat latch, so that there's a little giving, a little more submission to it. Yeah. So it's interesting. I feel like 
moving up the levels takes time and there's kind of this stigma that you should do rule of thumb year level yeah but that's like sometimes that's not doesn't happen i think we've all had horses where you've been stuck at the same level for multiple years yep even as a professional that happens there was the uh and i've had people tell me well the horse is five years old it should be doing this and it was fabulous during the one of the events that Carl Hester was um, uh, narrating, not uh, announcing, he was the color commentator on one of the shows. And he mentioned that. And he goes, and those people who say, well, my horse is six years old, have never trained a horse. Yeah. Because there's no, I mean, there's a guideline, but every horse is different. Yeah. And that's what's tricky. You know, we've been talking so much about goal setting and it's important to have goals but it's also important to listen to your course and sometimes reconsider that going slower sometimes gets you there faster, like going back. And, Uncle Ed. Yes. What did he say? If you let it take all the time it takes, it takes less time. Yes. Very true with horses. So going back to the basics, taking care of your horses, mental and physical health, because I mean, gosh, we've seen some horses, especially in Europe, where they're like doing Grand Prix at like six. And you're like, is that really good for them physically or mentally to be pushed that hard that fast? So there's definitely a balance. And I think it's important in all of riding not to compare yourself to others because every horse is different. And we've all... Every person is different and everybody brings their experience yeah and their sure. knowledge base and yeah so it's going to be different for everybody and i will just tell you straight up that some horses are a lot easier to train than others we i've ridden a lot of horses and some of them it's just like easy like they just do the thing and they move up the levels and no problem and then there's other horses that don't and it's a lot harder for them physically mentally whatever and it's important to remember that the more difficult horses are what make you a better rider and just because like your friend is doing better than you or your friend is moving up to the next level and you're still stuck that doesn't mean that you're a bad rider it there's a lot of factors involved in that you're just not done yet yeah so second level what happens in second level? Many wonderful things. We start <laughs> with collection. And when you get collection, it changes the balance so much because it gets so much lighter in the front that now you can start to do things. What? Shoulder in, Ronvere, half pass. <laughs> well, half pass actually doesn't show up till third level, but the haunches in, the shoulder in, and the Ronvere. But now your horse is starting to become more, much more mobile. You have walk canter transitions. Yes. You get to go fast. <laughs> medium trot medium trot medium, medium canter. canter and then come back yeah and there's a bit of counter canter that starts to happen too where the horse goes what how if i give you a flying change instead now see i do i think this is true for sure the horses i've ridden some like the changes some will stay in counter canter and uh you know once the horse learns the change and then it's like well, why on earth would i stay in counter canter this is so much easier so it's all that fun stuff that has to get sorted out which is really fun yeah 
So it, it definitely is a big jump from first level to second yeah. level. Yeah, first to second level is a big jump. Yeah. And then it's a big jump to the pre-St. George. And then it's a big jump to the Grand Prix. Yeah. And again, that's where sometimes you get stuck for a few years. And you have to kind of just be okay with that. Dressage is not a sport of instant gratification. And so much of life, especially nowadays, like... It's 30 about, seconds, it's all you get. Yeah, that's all the attention span we have. And we're like scrolling to the next video. So I think that staying in touch with our horses and our training is actually a really good balance. And my first trainer, and it's been proven and talked about ever since, but I heard it for the first time from Trip, was that when we learn, you know, you climb, you know, you're climbing, then you get to the, you know, climb the summit, you get to the plateau, and then you're there at that plateau, absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. And when you've got enough, then you can start to climb again. And then you can take on and take on, and then it's just, yeah. you have to absorb all that. So then you plateau for a while, and everybody does that differently. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that helps. Or sometimes either. you go down, and that's when it really sucks because yeah. you're like, you're like wow, last week I could do I'm this. Getting what worse. <laughs> yeah. But that's, you know, I always say that training, like the training scale is how we train our horses and you go from the bottom to the top, rhythm, suppleness, connection, impulsion, straightness, collection, and you destroy your scale and you start over and you build it up and you destroy it and you start over. Like that happens like millions of times. And it's all about going back to the basics and then building up and the stronger your foundation the quicker you can rebuild your pyramid and move up the levels. So there you go, the learning pit. Okay. Is that like the pit of ultimate despair in the Princess Bride? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen the Princess Bride. It's the greatest movie ever. <laughs> okay, so the pit of despair. The purpose of second level, so correct basics, accept more weight behind, a greater degree of straightness, suppleness, throughness, and balance are required to perform the movements with ease and self-carriage. What is self-carriage? I need to it's do a pretty, YouTube video on self-carriage. Except that it is self-explanatory. It's self-carriage. The horse is in balance. You're not, it's a balance on over four legs. The horse is carrying themselves as opposed to you carrying your horse, basically. Right. So, oh, I did. I filmed a few really cool YouTube videos today. Did you see me with the GoPro? I saw you with the GoPro on. Yeah. So I got a GoPro um, that goes on my chest. I used to wear it on my head and it would start to like really hurt my neck. So it's a little bit better on my chest. And I filmed some videos about like using your range, shortening your reins. Oh, someone on Facebook loves The Princess Bride. It's because it's a fabulous movie. Yes. So we have some cool YouTube videos planned for you. Now, third level. What's the big thing that happens at third level? Flying change. I mean, the half pass too, but the flying change. Is the big one. That's a big thing. Yes. And it's always, I feel like, the first time when you're going to go do a third level test and your changes are like still, you know, like you can kind of do that. <laughs> You go across that half diagonal after that 10 meter circle and you're like, there is a God. If I get this flying change, I'm convinced there's a God. Yeah. You mean that moment? Oh yeah. I remember, so I had this little Appaloosa horse, Sparky, who I actually got him all the way to the I one. And Sparky was unbelievably smart. He was, smart. So he was smart. Appaloosa and uh and know, POA. He was like POA. 
But Revolution POA and ho, oh, and not the most willing thing. No. And I remember like warming him up for his first third level test and I was doing all my like canter walk, canter transitions. And I was just like, I just pray that when I'm in the ring that he actually does a flying change. And I think he did them both. So sometimes you get lucky and the stars align. Sometimes you don't. I think that at, at third level, so the way that I kind of gauge is that you definitely want to feel like you can get a clean change left and right at home. I don't know what percentage of the time. Like safely 90, 90. Or I was going to say like 70. Right. I mean, it's not going to be a hundred percent at when you do your first third level test, you're not going to have a hundred percent confirmed Changes. change. Otherwise you never go out and do it. Um, but you definitely want it confirmed enough that you don't like so freak most your of the time <laughs> i don't know it depends on a lot of things but i all every single horse that i've taught the changes to the first third level test you're just kind of like you just don't know how it's gonna go you could go in there and it could go fine you could go in there and none of the changes happen it at third level it's only two scores so like if you mess them up and you get fours on both your changes, but everything else is pretty good. I mean, you're not going to get like a 40%. No, you won't be suicidal. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. You can still feel like, ah, all right, whatever, I missed the changes. Not that big a deal. Yeah. They're coming. Yeah. But flying changes are definitely a, a tricky movement to teach. I actually have a course on flying changes. I have a webinar on flying changes. I'll have to put the link here in the recording. Yeah, she is right. If They're you... two scores because it's a coefficient because it's a new movement. Is it? Yeah, isn't it? Because every new movement. We have third level test one pulled up here. So when Oh, they... yeah, you're right. Yeah, because when they introduce a, a new movement, it's a coefficient. Okay, so four scores. Thank you, whoever pointed that out. Um, I was wrong. So... They are coefficients, which I guess means maybe you should have Hermann's 90% success rate as opposed to me being like, well, if you can get it 60% yeah. of the time, go for it. Every Try time it. they introduce a new movement, that new movement's the coefficient. Yes. So that's also something that we didn't really talk about and we're running out of time. But basically, within each level, the tests get a little bit incrementally harder. So like from third level test one, third level test two, third level test three. They introduce a few new movements. And, and they do them from one side to the other side. So if you're very clever, you look at the test and you see which test of the level works best for you and your horse, right? And you look at the coefficients and go, okay, those things I really need to have nailed down if you want to make sure you have a high score. Or in Amelia's case, she's just looking out to go schooling, <laughs> which then is a different thing. Well, I mean, which is that. important. I mean, it's important too. just get the road miles. Absolutely. I mean, basically you're schooling the whole time until you're like at the Olympics. Like you should always feel like when you're in the show ring that you're making corrections and that you're supporting your horse for the future as opposed yeah, appropriate to the level. Yeah. What the experience. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's a balance and We'll definitely be bringing you more information about competition if you're interested. Once again, so there's been some interesting 
stuff, which is that we know from our like data that many of you don't show. So let me know in the chat if you're watching this okay, and you this... don't show, you're not interested in showing because like I said earlier, even if you don't show, the tests really help you to correctly train your course. So I highly recommend that you think about practicing a few of the movements, looking at some of the tests because it's going to train your horse better. Yes. Hi, Levi. He's um, he's posing back there for everyone. Yes. <laughs> See, Betty doesn't show. Linda doesn't show. That's totally fine. <laughs> what was it going on in the chat that we needed to discuss? Uh, Stacy asks, is it hard to teach horses that do hunter changes the dressage change? And for those of you who don't know, hunter changes generally are late. Late find. Yeah. Which means what? Uh, the change is disunited. The horse changed in front, took a step, and then changed behind to get to the lead. So, uh, yes, it is. In a general way, it is more difficult because the horse has already been uh, habitualized to doing it that way. Now, in saying that, also the horse is a little bit strung out doing the daisy cutter and a bit more on the forehand. So once you collect it and it has the idea of the change, um, it is possible that the horse just goes, oh, now that you've closed me up, right, and my strides are shorter and higher, it'll just come clean. That's certainly a possibility. But for those, there are horses that are like, but this is how I've done it for five years. Why on earth would I change? Yeah. Then it's going to be tricky. Yeah. If just changing the horse's frame, right, because you're going to shorten the stride and get it higher, then the horse goes, all right, I already know how to change. And now that you put me like this, I'll just change clean. But so on that situation, it's easy. But for the horses that are like, no, 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 this is how I do it. That's going to be tricky. Yeah. So it's I mean, it's always best if you can teach them from the beginning how to do a clean change, which means that you really have to have them collected and active behind and not just run them into the corner and turn really fast and get the other lead. Yes. So. So Anyways, um, let's see. Lots of you guys are testing, showing in the chat here. Um, Debbie wants to do intro. Jenny does lots of virtual shows. Awesome. Um, and someone else doesn't show. I like doing the tests. I don't show, but I love the balance and suppleness of movements. And somebody earlier said that they do. They don't show, but they just use the training. You know, they do the movements in their training, which is what the tests are designed for. If you're out in the middle of nowhere, yeah, follow the test. You'll be good. And Betty says she's very happy for Levi's new sofa. Yes, we are too. Yes. Levi, Levi, <laughs> Levi. He's Levi. pretty happy back there too. Levi, say hello to Facebook Live. <laughs> he doesn't like the pillows on his sofa though. He kicks them all off onto the floor <laughs> to make more room for him. He's so happy you woke him up now. <laughs> He doesn't even know why you woke up. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll okay. be here next Thursday. Let us know if you have any suggestions on how we shall entertain you next Thursday night. And we hope you have a wonderful evening. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, Get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, 
please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.